It is Tuesday, November 8th, 2023, and you're listening to episode number 32 of This Ain't Iowa, Volume 2. Tony, what is your relationship with media these days? What do you what you, you fuck with it, or what, what are you up to with it? I tend to leave social media the hell alone for the most part. I message people through Messenger. That's my only relationship to Facebook and Instagram. I check in maybe once a month. Uh, the closest thing I've actually got to social media is Strava, where I go out walking. It's get it gets recorded, and like three people will give me a like on that. That's it. What it is like a fitness deal? Yeah, or something? it's like a fitness deal, vanity fitness deal thing. Like, oh, okay. First of all, now I'm upset again. <laughs> I was I was almost back on board with you, and then uh, now you have a thing that annoys me. Uh, I uh, I am with you. I gave up social media for the most part right around the same time we started this podcast, which once uh, as you know as par usual, great business plan on my part. Um, but I do still I'm I'm still involved a little bit. I do post some pictures of my kids if I can think of something funny. Sometimes I'll post it, but I, I I'm just I'm, I try to be as as uh, involved with it as little as possible. But I got to tell you something. I, I, I would say I probably check Instagram maybe once a day, a couple times a day. Usually it's pooping related. And for everybody out there who thinks uh, that they didn't take the vaccine because the vaccine was putting a microchip inside of you uh, that would find out where you are and what you're up to, guess what? You overthought it, buddy. You don't... <laughs> We have, this isn't a 1970s Bond movie, you guys. Like, this shit, the, the thing you voluntarily hold in your pocket will provide more information than a fucking microchip ever could, okay? I open up Instagram, and normally, because I'm not on there a lot, the first thing that'll pop up is, like, uh, a page or uh, an account that they think I would like, right? Like, nobody I follow, it just, like, it just automatically pops up on a screen, like, hey, maybe you'd like this. And it's usually comics or something like that for me. The other day, I got uh, a page that popped up that was, the entire account is a, uh, uh, a very cute, busty young lady. Here we go. Who makes sandwiches. Yeah, that's it. The entire account is uh, a girl with big tits and a sports bra that makes sandwiches. There is quite literally not a page that could exist that is more perfectly suited to the things I like than this. Now, listen, uh, I, it's not actively searching out big tit sandwiches, but I'm guessing, you know, if my some of my video choices have taken uh, are in, taken into consideration, hang and on, hang on, half hang of on. the fucking video choices yeah. are taken into consideration. Are you searching um, food porn like as a search? Term? No. 
No, I'm talking about I look at big tits on Pornhub. Uh, so I'm saying if that's taken into consideration, and then if they also take into consideration uh, all of the fucking links that your, you know, Beer Engine podcast uh, co-host sends me, which is 98% sandwich related. If they put those, if somebody put those two things together and found this lady, uh, they're like, yeah, this guy probably likes it. And they're fucking right. Like, I, I wouldn't even have occurred to me that a thing like that existed, but I fucking subscribed immediately. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and I now check Instagram like a little more often. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Like th the fact that they could narrow down my likes so specifically to busty sandwiches. It's forget it. We're, we're fucked. It's over. Don't worry about microchips. Get a vaccine. It's, it's, it's done. Maybe we need a new sponsor. Maybe we need NordVPN. Stop the spying. Although in this case, it's actually worked for you. This is the thing I, I sort of wonder about yeah. people. Like you are doing so many things online to make it convenient for yourself. You're allowing companies to spy on you. Um, and you know this, whether you're consenting or not, you know this. When you're sitting on the shitter, you're right. Everything is like those th two times a day for a person of my disposition, I go and have a shit. I'm doing, actually, I'm not doing uh, Instagram, I'm doing TikTok, which is, I think, better because at least you know what the Chinese government's up to. They're up to nefarious shit. Yes, my shit's, they're building a profile on me um, and they know how to kill me. But, yeah, Instagram is building a profile on you when you're having a shit and, the, and what goes through your head when you're shitting. Hey, no wonder busty ladies comes up maybe there's some sort of technology involved that goes deeper than just your search history listen i don't know what's happening but you're right in this particular case i'm not uh, i'm not mad at it it's the same way that if, if you're on amazon and uh, and all you have to do is just click buy and then all of a sudden the shit is just on its way you're you're not you're not putting in credit card numbers every time like you have made your life so easy and you're you're fine with it you're not mad about it yep uh but uh the same way I'm not mad when a busty lady is making a BLT. But, uh, yeah, it's for the most part, I, across the board, we're very, we're very fucked. Now, do you, uh, have you even visited X? I call it X because, listen, the man spent a lot of money. If he wants it to be called X, I'm going to call it X. You fuck around on that still? No, not, not really. Like, there's a group chat that involves a couple of people you may know. They're big F1 fans. Um They've been guests to the show recently. Yeah, no, I got it. Yeah, so Patch and Ken, they'll post F1 memes um, that come off X and they'll display the tweets that come up on, on the group chat. And I'm like, do I click on it? Okay, I can click on it. I can access that one tweet. Is it a tweet or an X? I, I still get confused over this, what they're actually called, because mm. uh, he's got this fascination with the fucking alphabet and it means power and shit to him. But getting back to the idea is I click on that one link, I'm done. I don't look at anything else that's connected to it. I, I look at that meme or that post or whatever and I'm done. It is the worst run social media platform ever. I actually think News Corp did a better job with MySpace back in the day when they bought MySpace and they shut that shit down. Uh, and Elon Musk is a weird dude, obviously, but 
I gotta tell you something. Like, I expect a billionaire to be kind of a weird dude. Like, I don't think I dislike him for the same reasons a lot of other people dislike him. You know why I hate him? Is because he thinks he's funny. Never tell a billionaire that you think they're funny. All right? Because it's it's only gonna... That's not their job. Their job is not to be funny. But if you... It's the same thing with, like, those really uh, vapid, super hot ladies... There are some very hot, funny ladies, but a lot of them are not. And if you tell a very hot lady that she's funny because you're trying to fuck her or something like that, it causes problems because they think it for real. Elon Musk, did you see, like, they, uh, he claimed that he was going to offer uh, Wikipedia, like, a billion dollars or something? They changed their um, you know, I have to cut you off because you're going all robotic. Um, I didn't know that he'd uh, offered a billion dollars to uh, um, Wikipedia, but uh, that makes sense because, again, he's um, completely obsessed with uh, the alphabet and words and bullshit like that. Um, and it really doesn't um, make a lot of sense to you or I. But, hey, when you're handed millions of dollars when you're a young child – and you fluke a couple of choices, say, in PayPal and PayPal's competitors, that you end up buying out PayPal, and then you buy a car company that happens to be the right car company at the time, and then you just, like, go into a rocket agency and take all the credit there. Of course you're going to have a ginormous head, and of course you're going to think you are more intelligent than what you are. But you're absolutely right about rich people thinking that they're funny. The issue is... Elon has so many yes-men around him, and some of those yes-men are powerful, funny people. Dave Chappelle allowed Elon Musk to go on stage for 45 minutes with him. That is an absolutely huge problem. That just makes his ego and his self-inflated idea around his own sense of humour even worse. Well, and they let him host Saturday Night Live, okay? And not only did he host Saturday Night Live, he was in every fucking sketch, including Weekend Update. That never happens. I have watched a lot of Saturday Night Live in my life. It never happens. With the most talented hosts, uh, they, you know, there's at least three, four sketches that they're not in, and, and they're probably not in Weekend Update unless it makes sense. He was in all of it. And that's crazy. You can't do that to a person like this. Also, how did Wikipedia not immediately drop a contract and say, yep, you got it. Here we go. I will gladly, uh, since apparently, you know, your uh, your idea of comedy peaked at like, you know, base level Beavis and Butthead jokes. You got it. Dickopedia. This is who we are. I will uh, take your money and then I'm going to immediately sell it Dickopedia to somebody else. <laughs> That's the dumbest, craziest thing I've ever heard. The problem is, though, you're thinking that Elon is a straightforward person to actually deal with. Remember when he uh, actually said he was going to buy out Twitter uh, when it was called Twitter and the amount of hoops that Mm -hmm. they had to actually go through that he put in afterwards? Like, yeah, for most of us, we say that, and even if it's like a mate and we'll actually go through with it, we'll go through with it simply. But he makes them jump through hoops, he drags them through the mud. Oh, he is a shit show of a human being. And it's great to see somebody have a huge downfall like that. I'm not an Elon fan, never have been a Musk fan. Um, I think he's completely overhyped and he's the perfect example of, of a Nepo baby.
Moving on. First of all, let's do, a, I, I should tell everybody, I know we had talked about normally the first show of the month, we bring in a, a guest. We uh, we are working on getting a singer-songwriter, Jack Johnson slash Jack Evan Johnson slash Jack shit. Uh, he was not available this week. We're hoping to have him on next week. So me and Tony are going to do a little bit of a catch up. Now, sound, listen, we came off easily the worst month of audio that we have had <laughs> since back in the day when we used to like go on Audacity. Yep. Uh, with Sam Kooten. Uh How are we doing so far? How's this going? I would give this a, compared to the last month, this is a 10. Compared to like every okay. other podcast audio, this is about a six, five, four, four. Let's go with four. Um, yeah, four. we're having a little oh. bit of a problem with some robotic voices. Um, and you're not hearing it on my end because I recorded all on, on my end. It could be my connection, don't get me wrong. Australia is bringing in fibre, but I don't think it is. I think it's um, that beautiful Vegas infrastructure yes. costing us uh, Brian's sweet tones. I have to say that it's probably F1's fault. I Let me tell you a quick story. First of all, oh, I want to talk a little bit about music. I, I, I went to a couple – listen, I'm going to talk about music first, okay. but then I'm going to let everybody know, all right, there's going to be a twist at some point in this story. You're not even going to remember that we had this conversation, but there's going to be a twist – and it's going to be uh, the moral of the story is going to be fuck F1. But let's talk about music. <laughs> I, uh, uh, in my uh, in my attempt to see all 90s bands before they're uh, all uh, dead, I, uh, I saw a few concerts in this past month. The first was the Wallflowers. Tony, Wallflowers, give me a, give me your top five songs. There's only five anyone's ever heard of. So it should be easy. I if you can get two, I, I'll be impressed. I can't remember. Wallflower songs. I I know exactly. Like I I know it was Jacob Dylan fronted them, and um, sure. it had mm-hmm. uh, Ravi Jeffrey on keyboards. Of course, the keyboardist for Foo Fighters. But they were the most generic '90s pop rock band that I can think of. But I can't actually name a song. Mm. All right. Well, listen. Their number. Their, their biggest hit was uh, was One Headlight. That of was course. their biggest hit. Yep. Sure. Uh, Sixth Avenue Heartbreak. Nope. Probably there's their follow-up hit. Better song. Uh, my favorite song, which he didn't even play, Three Marlenas. What? Uh, um, yeah. Uh, listen to it at some point. Three Marlenas. Great tune. Uh, and then they had uh, uh, a couple of... Uh, they had a couple of other ones. They, they did a song for the Godzilla movie, the movie that... If you're wondering which one I mean, it's the one that no one cared about. It's Godzilla 2000. Everybody, it was universally hated. They did a song called The Heroes, which of all the songs that are named Hero or Heroes, it's the worst out of all of them. Um, uh, but anyway, so I went to see them. Now, uh, this was interesting. They were at the Strat, which that right there lets you know everything you need to know about how the Wallflowers are doing. Um, so, so they're I, doing uh, I, real well. That's, that's like one of the top venues, isn't it? The Strat? Yeah. These yeah. Days? So I got the Strat. It, uh, and I bought tickets. So I, I think I talked about when I went to see Smashing Pumpkins, the cheapest tickets were the general admission tickets, which were standing room right by the stage. Well, they also had standing room right by the stage, but he called those VIP. And uh, those were the expensive tickets. So I'm like, Smart. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not doing that. So I just bought cheap tickets. So the Strat, as you might imagine, because they don't get talent there very often is not set up for it. So you go uh, and you, you go into the theater, right? You scan your thing, you go into the theater, but the bar is outside of the theater. 
So I go in and they show me to my seat. I'm like, okay, well, I wanted to get a drink. And they're like, oh, sure. Uh, just go out this other door. Not the one you came in. Go out this other door and you can grab a drink. I go out. I go to the bar. Uh, I get a drink. And then I walk back in that same door that I went through. No one said a fucking word. Uh, I, I absolutely did not have to pay for this concert. I could have just walked directly up, uh, done the Brant Tobler move, which is just walk like you know exactly where you're going and that's where you're supposed to be. And, yep. uh, and just entered and it was fine. So I enter. No one says anything. I start walking towards my seat and then I'm like, fuck it. Let me just keep walking and see what happens. I'm, I assume someone will stop me before I get to VIP because that's VIP. You know what happened? Nothing. I walked <laughs> directly to the stage. I watched the entire thing directly from the stage. Uh, so Jacob comes out. And just so we're all well aware, at this point, Wallflowers is only Jacob Dylan. I don't understand why he he's trying to sell a couple extra tickets by calling it the Wallflowers. But it's, it's yep. Jacob Dylan. He's the, he's the only member uh, uh, that, uh, that uh, well, certainly the only member that he acknowledges. And then uh, the only one that was around when they released their only album of note. Um, so I go in there now. I, uh, I kind of made a joke about this on social media, but this is absolutely true. I had a buddy who went to see the Rolling Stones um, when they were uh, when they were on tour. And the Rolling Stones did 17 songs and they were essentially the 17 biggest songs in rock and roll <laughs> history, right? Just yep. monster after monster after monster. 17 songs. Jacob Dylan goes up there and does 21 songs. I've only heard of five. He didn't do two of the five. <laughs> it was the craziest fucking thing. Um, uh, he, uh, just a quick question. A, yeah, go ahead. With the name last name Dylan, is he related to Bob Dylan? Because this is like a Bob Dylan move. Yeah. Yeah, funny you should mention that. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, he, and he's, uh, you can tell he's uh, hes Bob Dylan's son because now he's starting to fucking sound like Bob Dylan. So uh, I only i only know he did 21 songs because I looked it up afterwards. Um, I wouldn't have known in the, in the middle, uh, in the interim, because every fucking song sounded exactly the same. It was the same fucking song. And he was so proud of it. And he would like do a little intro and then he'd sing a song. I'm like, isn't that the fucking, isn't that the last song? Are you sure this isn't the last song and you're just doing it again? I had no idea. You know, you sit there and just pray for him to sing the songs that, you know, uh, but, uh, oh, I mean, listen, I ended up having a good time. Um, the encores were better. He did like a couple of covers, and then, you know, one of, one of the songs that people gave a shit about. Uh, but there's one thing that was spectacular. All right. A lot of these, uh, you know, older bands that are still going out on tour, that you, you hear them, bitch. Everyone just watches these shows through their phones and they're recording. No one's in the moment, just feeling the music. Not Jacob Dylan. Anyone that he saw with a phone, if he could get to you, he would give you like your own little personal moment. <laughs> like, like I, I was probably two or three people back from the stage, and I, you know, I didn't record much of it. I took a couple pictures, but there were there were people just recording. The entire thing, and he would walk up right. He'd, he'd look right, stare down the fucking barrel of that phone, <laughs> and just point guitar solos to like people's iPhones. It was blow kiss. It. it was insane. I loved it. I'm like, good for you, Jacob. He was just listen. He was just excited that some people showed up because this is going to be uh, a real um, uh, shocker to you, Tony. That show was not sold out. No. Um, plenty, 
plenty of seats and standing room available for the uh, uh, for the Wallflowers Stratosphere World Tour. Now, uh, music you so anyway, say yeah. kind of allow things to be quite open, but say if you're doing a, a stand-up um, gig in a venue that size, they'll often push the people from the top tier down further closer to the stage. If you were to take a guess, yep. how far do you think that back curtain had to be brought forward? Are we talking like 50% full? <laughs> It would, I mean, okay, it was probably, it was probably more than 50% full. I'll give them, I'll give them in the 60s. It was, it was definitely not 70, but it was in the 60s percent full. There was a lot of, you know, when I, uh, when I went to Smashing Pumpkins, I got there early. I was standing there. I turned around. I couldn't move. Like I couldn't navigate my way out uh, to leave early, which is what I do. Uh, I had no trouble. I was able to turn around, walk direct. I threw my uh, my whatever hard seltzer can in the trash, walked back to my same spot, no problems. Uh, left uh, without uh, an issue. It was it, there was plenty of space. Everyone had some room to breathe. Um. Anyway, so that was the first concert I went to. Uh, highly recommend for the price, especially if the price is zero. If it's at the Stratosphere and you can just walk in the other door that nobody is watching, uh, it's great. Uh. The second thing I did, and I have never done this before, but I, I, I knew somebody who was trying to unload tickets at the last minute. I went to see the When You Were Young Music Festival. Festival? Um, You're a festival goer now? Yeah. What? Dude, I'm a festival guy. Have you ever gone to a music festival? Yes. In my, like, All right, talk to early me. 20s. Talk to me about it. Shit show. Absolute shit show. Bands that... Um, mm-hmm didn't really do sound checks or if they did the, the guys running the boards did a shit job. Um, everything was super expensive, not like crazy Woodstock expensive. Um, good case of sunburn, uh, lots of like shitty sound. Um, cause I was never a mosh pit guy. I was always way back. Um, just, yeah. Oh, it's bad memories. Lots of sunburn. Um, yeah, sunburn and dust is the main thing that I remember from music festivals. Music, way down the list. Way, way down the list. <laughs> so I, uh, I I went. Now, this thing was going from, like, the first acts went on at, like, 11 o'clock in the morning. And they, they intentionally did not release. They knew. <laughs> they knew the start times of all the acts. They did not release them until the weekend of. Because I think they were really trying to rope people in there early, right? So, like, uh, when they finally posted it, I took a look, and I'm like, okay, you know, there's a ton of bands. And I'm immediately like, all right, well, let's just make a list. Who do I really want to see? Who would I see if it worked out? And who do I not give a shit about? That was most of them. Uh, All right, so, you know, you're looking at, like, the 11 o'clock crew. And I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I guess I'd go listen to the Ataris, but I really just kind of want to hear their Boys of Summer cover. And (laughs) Michelle Branch is there. I could go listen to that one Michelle Branch song, but fuck it. I'm not looking to spend 12 hours at this music festival. So I kind of decided to go like around 3.30, 4 o'clock. That's where more bands who I had at least heard of. Now, there are four different stages. And this thing took place at the Las Vegas Fairgrounds, which... Where's that? Okay, so in my head... 
I pictured it being out like by where Phobes lives, right? There's lots of yep. open space out by Boulder Highway, and I've seen they do like you know like uh, like ghetto rodeos out there, and and I've seen like them set up for big concerts and stuff. And so for some reason in my head, that's where it is. Would you like to know where it is? Right next to the Circus Circus, <laughs> there is a lot. I knew there was a lot there, like I, but I guess I didn't, you know, it's not like I fucking hang out in that area. I guess I didn't realize how fucking enormous that lot is. It's huge. Four stages, a ton of people and whatever, all the other, you know, ton of merch, ton of drinks and all that. And I'm like, oh my God. So I head down there. Uh, apparently I wasn't the only person who thought it would be cool to try and park at the Stratosphere for free. I guess they were on top of it. Uh, they weren't letting people do that. But I did find, a, I found a lot overpaid for parking and uh and just said fine i'll just do this had to you know walk all the way around uh because they, they weren't letting anybody in you know close to where i parked i had to go all the way around by the circus circus enter that way and uh there's a the thing now that all tickets for everything are digital yep. there's this amazing thing that i do every time which is it never occurs to me to like open up uh, the tickets and like save them to my Google wallet or anything like that uh, ever. It doesn't like when I'm home or the day I get them two weeks in advance or whatever. Never, never think about it. You know, when I think about it, when I am in line four people back from the guy that's supposed to scan my phone, that's when I'm like, Oh shit, I better do this. Well, I guess other people have the same idea and it never fucking works. Uh, there's just too many people using the bandwidth. Just I'm, I'm terrible. I'm holding up the line. I'm like, hold on, let me refresh it. I have a second phone. Let me send it to that phone. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a fucking, I'm a mess. Yep. I have no business doing these things. Uh, so I get in and it, it is very cool looking and I'm kind of walking around and here's the one thing. So you see pictures of like Burning Man, Bonnaroo, you know, the music festivals that people go to, like young, <laughs> attractive people. And they're and they're always in like the craziest outfits, right? And women and like the you know, tits barely covered and all of these things. Well, that was happening here as well. Oh no. Except everyone's in their forties. So <laughs> I mean, listen, I I fine for me. I like a, a you know, I, I don't mind a, a curvy gal, <laughs> natural lady. Um, but, uh, there was, Saggy. I don't think it necessarily looked maybe the way they were hoping it looked when they were, uh, you know, greasing themselves up and fucking slip and sliding into the outfit, uh, yep. to begin with. Um, so, you know, I'm walking around and here's, what's good about the music festival is most of the bands outside of like the, the big headlining acts that perform later in the day, most of the bands only get like a. 15, 10, yeah. 15, 20 minute block. Like that's, that's the best that they get. So everyone's always like, oh, well, you know, this band starts at four. I want to go see them. And I'm like, no, not me. I'm going to go at 4.15 when they're about to play their last song, which <laughs> is the one I know. So there was a lot of me just like walking around. I'm like, oh, Plain White Tees. Uh, they're about to play Hey Delilah. Okay, I'll listen to that. Let's yep. move it along. Oh, there's Lit. They're probably going to play My Own Worst Enemy right now to close out. Awesome. I'm going to walk back over here. Oh, wait, is that Good Charlotte? All right, I'll listen to Anthem and fucking Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous and then move on. So, uh, you know, so there was a lot of that. It was just kind of me bouncing around to the different stages, uh, uh, you know, drinking uh, fucking cocktails in the sun which is you know recommended and uh and listening to these bands and then 
uh, around seven o'clock is where everyone started crowding around like the two main stages because there were three big bands that everyone was there to see. All right. First was, uh, was Offspring, which, fucking, I forgot how much I loved The Offspring. Terrible band. What? Shut up. Are you being serious right now? Are you just trying to upset me to, for, for content? They had like two That's good a good band, bro. And they were just terrible. All right, well, listen, it's, it, it wasn't Sir Elton John performing, Tony. Yeah, all right, they had two good albums. That's better than most of the people at this fucking festival that didn't even have two good songs. Um, so, yeah, listen to the... Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm no, sorry. No, I, I had not, from on, White Guy tainted yeah. everything they did. That song is a stain on the music industry. Mm. A gorgeous heart-shaped stain because it's awesome. I assume is what you mean. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm listening to them and I'm having a great time. Here's the good thing about the Offspring: it didn't it didn't create a ton of new music. Like when their popularity <laughs> nah. stopped, they were just like, "All right, we're just gonna tour and do the songs that uh, people uh, people know and like." So yeah, yeah, I didn't have to sit through any weird new shit. Um. So so they come off stage. They did great. Then Blink-182 comes up, right? Huge, finally, back together. Tom DeLonge gave up fucking, you know, uh, UFO hunting uh, to fucking sing some songs. Now, they had a lot of songs that I didn't know, but they did a great move where, like, they, uh, you know, they played all those songs first, and then they did, like, a chunk of, like, the the eight songs you love from Blink-182 right back to back to back to back. Uh, and then they did their, uh, they, they closed out with like the, you know, they just released some, a new album and they, uh, they closed out with their single from the new album, which made a lot of weird emo, middle-aged emo people cry, which I thought was great. Um, okay. So then the la- the, the big last headlining act was Green Day. Yep. Here's the problem. Um, there's a reason why you went to a music festival when you were in your 20s because that's when you have a body that can hold up to that, uh, that kind of abuse. I was doing good the whole time and then like I really had gotten in there. Uh, at one point, as we're waiting for uh, Green Day to come on, like I realized I was completely trapped in this crowd and then as I tried to maneuver, my whole body started shooting pains throughout <laughs> as if to say, hey, fuck face, like you sit 16 hours a day and now you just thought that you could stand between the hours of four and 10 without a break. Like, what do you do? And so my body starts to shut down and I'm like, I gotta get out of here. So I hobble my way out of the group just to the back where I could sit down for a minute. And, uh, you know, so green day comes out and they open with American idiot. And then the second song was a song I, uh, I knew I forgot what it was. And then they go into their third song and I'm like, okay, I don't know this song. Uh, I got to get out of here. So I start walking out. I figure I can still listen to them on my way out. And then I also then have to walk all the way around the entire venue. Uh, so I can just also listen to them as I'm walking past the, the stage to my car on the other side of the fence. Here was the great part about that was as I'm walking on the other side of the fence, there were all these people that had just like brought folding chairs, set them up on the sidewalk <laughs> right outside of the fence because there's huge video screens everywhere. And they were just watching their own concert, by the way, closer than I was, if we're being honest. I mean, I didn't have a fence, 
but they didn't, who cares about the fence? They just looked at the TV anyway, which is what I had to do because I, I was pretty fucking far back. So they just saw a free concert and I was like, you know what? Fucking these guys, these guys might, might have a, a little bit of a leg up on me. I think, I think they know what's up. They had their own coolers full of free booze. I paid for booze. Next year, note to self, a free concert. Yep, lawn chairs, so, free concert. Sidewalk yeah. cooler, sounds so, like a plan. So I start walking. Now I have to, you know, I'm walking towards my car and I'm listening. I'm like, oh, cool. They're playing basket case. That's cool. At least I got to hear that. And I'm just, I'm fucking hobbling and I'm in pain. I smell terrible. Like I know I smell bad. Uh, it's that kind of smell that I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, I thank God, uh, uh, you know, no one else is around to, uh, to, to take a whiff of this. Although everyone smelled bad. So who would notice? So I finally make it to my car, plop down. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to, you know, I, I drove on the 15 to get there. Very easy. 15 to like Sahara went in and parked. But that was at four o'clock before, you know, a lot of the people showed up. So now I was going to leave. I'm like, I'm going to be a genius. I'm not going to go back this, the way I came because there's too many cars that way. I'm going to flip it back. I'm going to go downtown, uh, hop on the 95. This sounds like a bad Californian sketch, but hopped on the 95 to the 15. And, uh, and I'm driving, and there's some traffic, but it's no big deal. And everything's going fine until I get to Flamingo Road exit. And I notice that they have shut down the highway at Flamingo, and they were forcing everyone to get off. Now, listen, I, I've bitched a lot about uh, road construction on this show. No. In the 32 episodes, I've, I've bitched about it a lot of times. But if there's a Sunday... And you know there's an enormous event going on directly in this area. Perhaps this isn't when we shut down the major highway that gets people places. They didn't take my advice. They shut it down. And they were making everybody exit Flamingo East, which if you know anything about uh, the way you know it works, Flamingo East, if you take that exit off the 15, Flamingo East takes you towards the Las Vegas Strip. Yes. And I'm like, well, don't do that. Let me go the other way. I want to go the opposite way of the strip, and I can kind of go to my house sort of a roundabout back way. No, towards the Las Vegas Strip. All right, fine. I'll take this exit, go to the, you know, go past the Las Vegas Strip, and then take one of the back roads. Well, here's where that gets tricky. They also shut down Flamingo uh, on Koval, which is the street directly after the strip. So they fucking trapped us. We were trapped. Uh, and and, and I, well, a ride that should have taken 20 minutes, I was stuck for an hour in this one little stretch. I finally, finally managed to maneuver my way through and, and, and turn onto Las Vegas Boulevard. Now I'm just going to take the fucking Las Vegas Strip, you know, all the way down to my house. And that was the first time that I looked around and saw how fucking terrible... The entire strip looks how it's torn up. It's the reason why there was all that traffic. Fucking F1 has destroyed this entire city. I told you I was going to get back around to it. <laughs> After all my Michelle Branch talk, we got there. It just fucking destroyed. It looks like shit. You can't see anything. Uh, the, the roads are a nightmare. I cannot imagine. I'm not opposed to the fact that they wanted to do F1 here, but on the that's the street, that's the street. That's fucking that's, do it out, you know. 
But everybody makes out like this is like F1's fault. If you're going to blame anybody, blame your local government for allowing this to go ahead. At the same time, you're doing other roadworks. And this is kind of my point. And everybody bitching that, oh, it looks like shit at the moment. Every construction site in the weeks leading up to a big event or days, if it's if it's a venue like the Stratosphere Theatre, in the minutes and hours leading up to that, it's going to look like shit. This is essentially the minutes and hours leading up to the event. Of course it's going to look sh- like shit. And next year it won't be as bad. You've got to put infrastructure in place. Um, I just think the amount of bitching is out of proportion for the amount of trouble it's caused. Yes, it looks different at the moment, but mm. this is setting up for a 10-year deal. Now, if it's the same next year, then I get your bitching. Year after year, I understand it. But if you're setting up to hold an event for 10 years, which is what the F1 have a deal for, um, then you want to do it right so the other years get minimised. The fact that they've done this while they've got other major construction going on um, with the roads, that's dumb, but that's not F1 again. And I just think it's it's um, short-sighted to actually look at this and say, this is what F1 has done and he's going to do every year. Yes, it's done it this year. And yes, it's a pain in the ass when you're caught in it. Um, and... The idea of um, pushing people off the freeway into roadworks is kind of weird when you want it to go the other way. But again, I don't think you can blame F1 for that. I think that's a local government issue and that's the bigger issue. Because there's been an overreaction from people within Vegas. They're like, and oh, they're blocking the... Uh, says the guy on the other side of the fucking, fucking world. That's fucking an overreaction. <laughs> well, okay, so they put in new glass on the walkways. And they're like, they're, they're blocking out these panels already. And, and, and people are revolting against it. And then I look at the videos. What they're actually tearing off so they can take a photo is the protective screen that they use in transporting these big glass panels. Yes, they're going to be blocked off during the race, but they're not going to be blocked off with that pa- plastic. They just hadn't got around to taking the plastic off. It's not like they're blocking your view. Um, other times, it's just ridiculous. Here's what's going to happen. You just you just solidified that I will continue doing this podcast for one more year because I am going to spite bitch about F1 next year to you. Uh, so there it is. That's uh, for anyone who's enjoying the new uh, reboot of the podcast. Good congratulations. You get one more year because Tony says we're just developing infrastructure and then everything's going to be fine. And when this happens again, I want to hear a new line of bullshit. For all of your uh, F1 uh, forgivings uh, about why it's completely fine. Okay. Uh, anyway, oh. fuck F1. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, <laughs> hasn't Elon Musk like put in a whole bunch of tunnels and shit, so this shouldn't be an issue? Yeah. It should move F1 into the tunnels. Let, the, let it be a weird underground race. That I'd be on board with. Um, all right, listen, I have two other things I want to talk about. Okay. I'm going to wrap this bitch up. The first is uh, I hope everyone, by the way, enjoyed uh, their uh, their Halloween last week to those who celebrate. Tony, how was Halloween over there in Australia? It was another day of the week. That's as much That's as I can I really say. say. Because, like, yeah. there, was, there was, like, it pops up on the news. It's like these kids are going to trick or treat. Nobody knocks on the door. It's not like we don't, like, wouldn't give them candy. Just nobody knocks on the door. No big deal. Move on. 
right, I'm going to tell you something, and I want you to tell me if this was, if you think this was a good idea or a bad idea. All right. So every year, you know, my kids, there's, there's several candy-related holidays, right? So you got Halloween, obviously, that's the big one, but then there's also candy for Valentine's Day, and there's candy for Easter and some Christmas candy. So there's candy throughout the course of the year. And then we also buy candy to, to give not only to our kids, but also to other kids on Halloween. So all candy gets put into like, you know, bags, because I don't just let my kids go ham with candy. And then we, we kind of uh, every now and then, like maybe I'll put a piece of candy in lunch boxes when they're going to school or after dinner, uh, if they want to grab one or two small pieces of candy, they can. And that's how I keep myself from having to buy, uh, you know, real desserts throughout the course of a, of a year. Yep. Uh, there's so much fucking candy. I mean, it's just, it's too much candy. We don't go through it throughout, you know, throughout a year. So in my, uh, you know, uh, cabinet, my kitchen cabinet, there's just this fucking bag ripping because it's full of so much candy. Uh, and then I'm going to the store to buy more candy. Now, I don't know if this happens in Australia, but right around October 10th, a bag of candy that would normally retail for $7.99 starts to cost $24.99. It's, it's fucking gross. It's so absurd. They mark up candy because they know that nobody plans ahead. <laughs> and they're all, except for like, you know, moms. Moms think of this shit. I, you know, I don't think of Halloween until Halloween. I'm like, shit, I got to give candy to these fucking kids today. And now, yeah. now I'm buying $25 bags of Hershey's. So I said... Nope. My kids are going to go out and get a bunch of fresh candy. They're going to trick or treat. So <laughs> I'm going to clean. It's like cleaning out the back of the fridge. You know, uh, all, all good uh, grocery stores rotate their stock, baby. Yes. You put the old stuff up front, the new stuff in the back. So I filled up a giant mixing bowl with all of last year's candy. Just shoved it in there. <laughs> put it by the door. That was the candy I gave away. Every single person, my wife, my daughter, my daughter almost cried. Dad, you're going to give out expired candy? I'm like, shut the fuck up. You ate a piece of this candy yesterday, first of all. <laughs> so don't talk to me about expired. Second of all, it's candy. It's not milk. Uh, like, it, it's not a big deal. It's fine. So I gave other kids old candy and then replenished it with my kids new candy. All right, Tony. Your thoughts, not one person I've told this to has sided with me. I would like to know where you are on this. I think it's genius because there doesn't most of this candy not have individual expiry dates? Isn't it on the, like, the bigger package that you buy? Nobody's going to fucking yes. know. Right. This is genius. I, of I don't course. get the whole fuss. It's not like you even look bad because once that chocolate goes into a bag with a whole bunch of other fucking candy, and even if your candy is has started Who to go white. Who knows where it came from? Yes. This is my point. You're not even going to look bad in the neighbourhood. You're just going to have to chalk it up to, hey, somebody was being a shithead, but we don't know who that guy was or, or gal. More likely anyone. a guy, but in this case we know it is. It's a guy, obviously a guy. <laughs> yeah. But – I think it's a fucking genius move. What is the issue here? Like, it's being shrewd. I didn't realise candy prices spiked at Halloween. It makes oh, sense that it does, but... Terrible. Yeah, I, I didn't realise it spiked and certainly didn't realise it spiked that much. But I think it's absolutely genius because, like, nobody's... Even if there were dates, who's going to... 
when they're grabbing a handful of candy or even a single candy, actually inspect that candy bar for an expiration date. The only people that are looking at it are those people with nut allergies. And hey, this holiday isn't for you people. Bad luck. There are other holidays, you can have them. But if you've got a nut allergy, bad luck. Um, So I think it's a genius move. I may be in the minority here. In fact, it sounds like I really am. But I absolutely think this is one of your best ideas ever. Really, I think it's genius. Thank you, Tony. This guy gets it. There, there was, if I'm going to be honest, there was one, I don't want to say flaw in the plan, but there was a wrinkle that I didn't take into account. That because I combine all candies of all genres into the same bag throughout the course of the year, uh, as I was grabbing them, like I would, I, I could see maybe like a chocolate heart, a chocolate bunny, a fucking Santa. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe we need to, uh, <laughs> maybe we rotate those towards the back. I don't, uh. Who knows? Maybe that'll then tickle was, some kids. And that, that might get them in the mood yeah, for Easter. Maybe easy. they're Easter kids and they're looking forward to it already. And we're in November. I wish that someone other than you was in charge of the tech part of this because I would love to isolate the phrase, maybe it'll tickle some kids and get them in the mood and cut it right there. Um, because that would have just been <laughs> glorious. I didn't realize um, I said that. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. There was also one other moment because my daughters, uh, you know, we usually do one hour out trick or treating and then we'll come back and they like to sit on the porch and like hand out uh, candy for another hour and then we shut it down. At one point, my daughter, my oldest daughter comes running in and she's like, dad, and she's holding, have you ever seen those chocolates that are like, uh, they, they look like liquor bottles and they're yeah. liquor infused chocolates. Yep. She's like, dad, this chocolate has vodka in it. I'm like, okay, you know what? I will take that one. I don't need, this might be one of those situations where if I was giving children alcohol, uh, maybe yep. someone would do a little inquiry as to who was giving out booze to children. So she caught, thank God, quality control caught that one and well brought it back to me. I ate it. I ate it immediately. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that was the only real wrinkle. Now, how far right. off her teenage years yeah. oh, is she? Like, is she like a handful of years off the, her teenage uh, years? Because that's all you got left of quality control. Because once she finds that when she's like 13, she's, she's tucking that in the pocket thinking it's got alcohol in it. Yeah, she was, uh, she's 10. She just turned 10 uh, last month. So uh, she's got, got a little bit of time years. left. She's, she, still thinks, uh, she still thinks alcohol is, is gross despite watching her parents drink. Plenty of it, um, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's where we are with her. All right, last story. So my, my that same daughter is I've said it before. She's in cheerleading. She's uh, she's very good at it, uh, and has even though she's only ten, she cheers for like the varsity uh, team. You know, with like the eighth graders and stuff like that. So uh, great for her, and I'm happy, and I have my fingers crossed that maybe it will somehow lead to a you know a free or cheaper college. Uh, but in the meantime, it's very boring because I want to go to the games where she's a cheerleader to support her. But middle school flag football is a fucking nightmare, right? So I'm at a game. It's a Wednesday Wednesday night. I'm at a game and I'm watching her cheer and it's a playoff game. Okay. Uh, and now, uh, my kid's school was down 20 to uh, 28. All right. Touchdowns are worth six, like normal, and then you get to choose. You could either do, you know, a two-point conversion from, like, 
the 10-yard line or go for one from the five-yard line. Everybody just goes for two all the time, obviously. I don't even know why they give you the option. No <laughs> one's kicking. Um, so, uh, so whatever. It's the fourth quarter. You know, my kid's school is down by eight. They score a touchdown. Boom, everybody starts freaking out, cheering. The coach comes off the sideline, starts, like, celebrating with the kids uh, about the touchdown. The ref throws the flag because technically a coach is not supposed to run onto the field for any reason. Now, we can all agree that's a shitty thing to do at a middle school football game. They're excited. It's the fourth quarter. It's the playoffs. They just, you know, they're on the verge of tying the game up. They didn't have to throw a flag. Whatever they do, they go by the rule, the letter of the law. They throw a flag on it. There's a mom. She's not even in the stands. She's standing like on the sideline, opposite from where the kids in the school are. But she's standing on the sideline. She is the mother of one of the children, and she loses her (laughs) fucking mind. That's fucking bullshit. That's fucking bullshit, ref. I'm going to tell it like it is. How dare you do that to these fucking kids? That's fucking bullshit. And she is like, there's a vein. I'm standing like next to her. Uh, and there's a vein in her neck that is, it's like a lightning bolt shooting down from Mount Olympus <laughs> down to like her, her her collarbone. She's just, she's fuming and she's red faced and she's just fucking going crazy. She has a daughter with her. That's probably around 10, same age as my daughter. And that daughter has now very calmly moved away from her mother (laughs) (laughs) to stand next to anybody who's not being horrendously embarrassing. So uh, this guy comes over and he's like, "Uh, ma'am, you got to go. And she's like, I'm not going. I'm fucking I'm not going anywhere. My son's out there. I'm not going anywhere. He's like, I'm not saying you have to leave and go home. I'm saying you can wait until the game's over in the parking lot and then you can come collect your son. She's like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. And he's looking at her. He's like, lady, like you're, you're losing your mind. Uh, there's children everywhere around you and you're saying every bad word that's ever existed. Like you can't do this. You can't curse out these refs. The ref at that point turns around, looks at her and says, I'm getting paid $29 for this. <laughs> I start crying. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> And uh, and so, and the, the basically the guy's like, I will just if you don't do this, I'm going to end the game right now. Your son's team is going to get disqualified, and they're going to know why. They're going to know it's because you you know lost your mind. And so she finally just like calms down. She doesn't leave, but she just walks away from the sideline, just back a little bit, and and she stops screaming. And uh, eventually the team lost, but it was incredible. I've seen parents get a little too into kids sports and argue. And, you know, go and, like, say, my kid's not playing enough. Go bitch at the coach. My kid's not playing enough or whatever. Luckily, no one said that to me when I was coaching basketball uh, because they all knew that I, I had no business in the first place uh, even being there. And I would gladly have given up the position. But, uh, yeah, so uh, it, was, it was just I, I've heard of those kinds of stories, but I had never actually seen somebody lose their mind and start cursing out a volunteer referee at like a 10 to 13 year olds flag football game. Is this even a thing that happens? I know that Aussies take their sports seriously. Does this shit happen on like the child's level there? Of course it does. It doesn't happen in a school setting, but on a weekend, yes, it happens quite often. And it happens at 
all the different sports. It can be Aussie rules. It can be rugby league. Uh, soccer's a big one for this with parents that just get out of control at the most basic decisions. There was one club that we used to play locally that we used to hate playing because the parents were assholes and would yell abuse at our team. Not necessarily me. They, they, they drew a line at picking on the cripple who didn't ever get the ball kicked to him. Um, but that's cool. But they did pick on like our, our tallest, most solid player who was the fairest guy in the team. And they used to abuse the, the umpires. And they probably got at that point six dollars Australian to umpire that game. And this is these are grown men that want to see like juniors play sport in a healthy way. All they're trying to do is do that, they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart, right? Um, a lot of them were school teachers and you reckon they'd be fucking fed up with kids, but they go and do it anyway and there are these parents and I would say it's a 60-40 split, f- female to male. Mm. It's not much. Interesting. But, yeah, females, for whatever reason, I don't know whether they're trying Demands, to be protective yeah. or what it is, yeah. but when they lose their shit, they really lose their fucking shit. It's incredible. Uh, anyway, listen, that's uh, th- that's the show for today. I think I feel good about calling it right there. Uh, so, yeah, so the rest of this month, by the way, uh, we, uh, we're going to do two more shows this month. We are going to have uh, Jack Johnson, so, uh, assuming that we can get that all worked out. We're going to have Jack hopefully next week. We will be off for Thanksgiving week, American Thanksgiving week, obviously. Uh, and then, uh, and you will. That's a that coincides with uh, with Beer Engine PodCon for those of you that are yeah. in Australia. I hope uh, I hope you take part in that. And if you're not in Australia, uh, then, uh, come we, to Vegas because the F one's going to be on that weekend. And then, uh, of course, we will uh, we'll round out the uh, the week with or the month, I should say, with uh, with Spoon and Phobes for our Circa Millions football uh, contest. Uh, I actually got a chance to hang out with both of them. Uh, this past weekend, I went to uh, uh, Spoon very generously, got me tickets to uh, to the Giants game, the Giants Raiders game. It was uh, it was a mess, but it was entertaining. Uh, and uh, and thank you very much to Spoon. How much of who, it by did the you way, see? sardines are delicious. Um, because I, listen, I was awake we, the whole time. Oh, Not everybody was falling out of your seat. No, we'll 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 talk about we'll talk about that. Uh, uh, also, uh, yeah. So big thank you to Spoon. Sardines are great. His hair looked amazing. <laughs> and um, and that's it. And that's gonna be uh, that's gonna wrap it up for the month of September. Uh, what are we in November? Fuck. What happened? Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you uh, as always for listening. You can hit us Do up I on uh, whatever you want to try topics? to hit us up. I was going to talk about gambling and the perfect way to gamble, but apparently not. Maybe next time, people. You haven't. You, wait. You are you telling me you had a topic for this week? Of course I did. You normally ask me. I normally say no, but I this week. All right, we, hold on, everybody, <laughs> calm down. Tony's got a topic, and you know what? Technically, we have five minutes from when we started, and we should give these folks who are paying nothing an hour's show. <laughs> let's talk. Let's we'll talk go. about you. what's what's your topic? Okay. Uh, yesterday was the Melbourne Cup. I know you're not a big horse guy, but what do you? If you're not going to be gambling on premises, say you're going to be using a internet sports book, don't know whether you allow yourself to use one yet, but what is your perfect situation for using a sports book? What do you mean? I don't understand the question. Okay. So setting the scene, Melbourne Cup Day, it's normally a big day. Normally a heap of people get together. But me and a buddy of mine, we just get together and normally sit at his place 
and bet on the horses. And there's not a big group of people. Okay. It's just him and I having a couple of drinks. And to me, this is the ultimate experience in in sports gambling because you and he can be on different horses or you can be on the same horse. Some races you're cheering together, some races you're cheering apart. But the ultimate thing with modern technology now, it allows you to gamble while in a jacuzzi. I think that is the ultimate gambling experience if you're not at a casino. Well, I mean, if you're gambling online, can't you be anywhere? Like, you can always be in a jacuzzi. This is true, and that's what I'm saying. If you were to pick somewhere oh, with modern technology, where would you pick it personally? I, I say the jacuzzi. Are you telling me? Are you telling me that your chubby ginger ass was in a jacuzzi betting horses? Yes, because my oh, chubby fuck. ass isn't with those boy great, with those great. with those uh, with those boy shorts uh, fucking suits you wear. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm wearing togs. I'm wearing bathers for fuck's sake. Um, but right. I'm just not the most grateful at getting in or out of the hot tub. Once I'm in, I'm fine. I'm covered in water. I look like anybody else. Uh, but getting in or out is a, is a sight. So that's why it's the ultimate experience for me because you don't have to leave the hot tub, hot tub other than to have a leak. Uh, that's the only time you need to get yeah. out. Or do you need to get out? Fuck it, you do. It's your friend's hot tub. Uh, this is not a public hot tub. No, no. Public hot tub, different situation. Really? Agree to disagree. Uh, I can uh, I can totally see what you're saying with uh, how awkward it might be for you to get out of a hot tub. I've never seen you get out of a hot tub, but I have seen you get up off of a curb, and <laughs> that was not great. That was not graceful. Um, all right, uh, I, you know what? I don't. I've said this before. In theory, I love the idea that I could be watching a game and just bet it from my phone. Yep. I have. A couple of different apps. I have used them in my life. I just, I, I don't trust myself with them. I'll bet way too much. Uh, I need to hand cash to a person, and that's the only thing that keeps me honest. So while I totally agree with you, betting in a jacuzzi, watching a big ass screen sounds yep. fucking amazing. I just, I can't, that's a lifestyle. It's, it's, like, a, it's like that episode of Seinfeld where uh, he was going to become the orgy guy. In theory, it <laughs> seems amazing, but. I just, that's not a lifestyle that I can sustain. Really? I, I would have thought you would have been willing for a big event to, like a UFC fight, or I don't know what a big event for you is outside of the Super Bowl, but you would have found a way to, like, sit at your bar making your own cocktails, gambling, just can't trust yourself? I just, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, the, the best part about being a weird morning person is that I just go and put bets in at an uncomfortable hour, and then I come home, and uh, <laughs> and I set up a whole fucking, like, a, it's a beautiful mind, like, bet board <laughs> with all my fucking little papers, and uh, and I just get drunk and eat too much and uh, and do that. That's that's how, uh, that's, that's how I, that's how I have fun. Um, anyway, that's, and now everyone gets to leave, instead of leaving with my wonderful story about a mother cursing out. A, uh, a young man who's just trying to make $30. Now we got a picture of you in your swimsuits yep. <laughs> watching horses. Uh, and thank God you didn't drop that phone in the tub. Uh, well, all yeah, right. I think that'll do it. My like iPad I too. Oh, for fuck's sake. I don't trust you with that at all. <laughs> uh, all right. That's it, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, and uh, Tony, go ahead. Uh I got nothing. I ended with a story, people. What more do you want? Do you want a signed off? No. Oh, 
And if you are attending right. the F1, Fair enjoy enough. it, people. Enjoy it. Yeah, you better fucking enjoy it because the rest of us have been made to feel miserable about it. Uh, that's it. Oh, also, go on Discord and tell me if you think my uh, candy idea was genius or if perhaps I should be brought up on some low-level misdemeanor chat. After this, why uh, do you need more feedback? You know it's genius. These people probably won't confirm yeah, it. They don't this see is my, the genius in it. This is... This is a crowd of people that probably agree with me, to be fair. My audience is, uh, is, is, looks like a bunch of people that would hand out old candy or hot sauce packets. Uh, hot sauce all right, packets, uh, That's yeah. it. Uh, we'll, talk to you. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, everybody. Goodbye.